0: This is the Distinctly Detroit Podcast, the only pod that explores why one wants to be in the D. I am your host, Fyodor Ship III, the director of the University of Michigan Detroit Center. Join me as I interview students, scholars, leaders, and innovators about living, working, and loving in Detroit. Good day and welcome to the Distinctly Detroit podcast. The DDP is the only pod that explores what makes one want to be in the D. And today, I will be interviewing the founder and chief executive officer of Dunamis Clean Energy Partners, LLC. She has been recognized as the first African-American woman owner of an electric vehicle charging manufacturer. Prior to forming Dunamis, she served as co-founder, vice president, and general counsel of J. King Solar Technologies, LLC. She is a licensed corporate attorney and real estate attorney with a big heart. She has fed thousands of homeless and hungry Detroiters with her annual backyard barbecue event, a native Detroiter earning her undergraduate degree from U of M and her JD from Wayne State. She's an attorney, professor, author, and the recipient of the 2021 Entrepreneur of the Year Award from Michigan and Northwest Ohio. Ladies and gentlemen, Natalie King.
1: Thank you, Theo. Mm
0: -hmm. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Now, is it still Natalie King, or did you change your name? I understand you got married recently.
1: I did. It is now Natalie Shoemake.
0: Shoemake? Yes. Okay, cool.
1: So just professionally, I'm still going by King because it's just too many handles to
0: change. Too many handles, (laughs) I understand. Going to the Secretary of State with all those records is a Mm -hmm. hassle. My wife told me all about it. Uh, So what is it like to find love again at this stage of your life?
1: It's wonderful, you know. Me and my husband, we've been together for uh, some time, but uh, decided to, you know, for our family and and really for our relationship and before God, just to make it official. And um, it's just been it's just been a blessing. We have a beautiful family, you know. We have a beautiful integrated family. Um, his children are mine. My children are his, and um, you know we just love one another and and. We travel and you know support our children, and it's pretty cool at this stage All right. to have that type I love of relationship, I love that type it. of companionship, and to be with someone that you know is is very parallel in the, in the track of growth and development and support. And so it's it's pretty cool. Well, so
0: you got to be equally yoked, right? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's really good. So you're a twin. Mm-hmm. Right. What's it like being a twin?
1: Uh, you know, feel me and me and my my twin Nicole. It's Natalie and Nicole. Uh, we are thick as thieves. Yeah, it's 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 pretty cool. My my sister, and I, um, we have a very unique bond, and uh, she's the closest person to me, you know, and I am the closest person to. her. I don't think your husband wants to hear uh, that. I know, but he (laughs) knows. And and her husband, Jason, they know. I mean, it's the closest in a very different way from our spouses. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, we used to play, um, you know, tricks on our teachers when we were younger. And um, it's a funny story I would always uh, tell when people would ask me, did we do any of the fun twin things? Um, When we were in high school, we would break up with each other's boyfriends for <laughs> us because you know you didn't want the pressure of having to break up with a boyfriend and hurt their feelings mm. and so I was like well just call them and tell them it's over and you know they couldn't tell the difference so and I had no emotional attachment so I, I was like it's over That's click so, and, and that was, that it. <laughs> so no we're very 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 close she's doing well glad to hear that mm-hmm.
0: so but being a twin how does that you know in terms of like as you grow up and you would search try to search your own identity and try to say hey, you know how do you work to build yourself outside of the twin like to carve out your own identity <laughs> in place
1: well i think that um, we embraced being twins and as close as we were so there was never really a challenge in having to carve out our own identities because we always had it. It was it was never like a struggle of, oh, well, I got to do this because Natalie's doing that or I got to, you know, step out and shine because Nicole is doing this. It was such a natural support of one mm-hmm. another. Um, what it, Like, if she's shining, I'm shining. If I'm shining, she's shining. You can't get a bigger cheerleader. From one another as it relates to our relationships, so
0: so no it, sibling it was, rivalry. It was no
1: rivalry, and and there was it's so. And we've always had very distinct personalities, even being as close as we are and as alike as we are. We've always been very different. I don't know if you remember like when we were in bridge, but <laughs> Cole was kind of more the quiet, laid back one. I was more outgoing, um, you know. And and we just kind of developed into who we are as 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 people. So. Uh, but there is one thing though that we have to be very very distinct about and that's our clothes <laughs> We are not into the twinning thing okay. uh, Anymore. I, I remember when closed. I was going to uh, I was going to an awards a gala with her and for her nonprofit and She picked me up and we have this weird twin thing where we will wear Very similar or the same clothes without knowing uh, When we're when we're going somewhere oh, wow. and so she picked me up when I say I had on an almost identical outfit to her for this gala and I was like, turn the car around. Gotta I'm gonna change 'cause we're gonna all night they're gonna be like, Oh, y'all so cute, y'all dressed alike on purpose. So that we are very, very distinct to you.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So what was it like growing up in Detroit for you?
1: Uh, it was great. Detroit was great, you know. Um we li- we grew up two blocks off of Eight Mile, right mm-hmm. off of Evergreen and um it was just community then, you know, we were on the northwest side of Detroit, and so it was that community that, you know, people talk about now, you know, where the, you know, you could go over to your neighbor's house and it would be safe and everybody knew one another, you know, on the blocks and we played together and, you know, we you know, we stayed out and we rode our bikes together and, um, you know, the parents knew one another and would look out for one another or babysit or, so it was it was really cool. It was it was a great experience.
0: Where'd you go to school?
1: Uh, I went to McKinney uh, Elementary, which was not too far from Henry Ford High School. And then after elementary school, uh, we went to parochial school. So we went to St. Scholastica. They went to Bishop Borges, and then the University. One of those protected kids. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. Bishop Borges. Yes, indeed.
0: Yes, I remember that. Mm-hmm. So. Um, what does, and uh, forgive me if I'm saying the name wrong, what does Dunamis Clean Energy Partners do? You're
1: saying it exactly correct, Okay. Which is good. Uh, Dunamis Clean Energy Partners is an energy efficiency firm, and it, we focus on energy efficiency solutions for uh, what we call CNI, or commercial and industrial customers. So, we started off the company with energy auditing. So we go in and look at a, a building like this and say, okay, this is how you reduce your energy consumption and reduce your energy costs. You do LED lighting. You do high efficiency HVAC. Uh, we we do things to upgrade the building envelope, which is you know how can we reduce uh, air leakage or things of that nature or, or water conservation um, um, through new windows or or. Um, insulation or things of that nature just to make the building more efficient and so um, I started a company J. King Solar initially with my uh, then husband Jimmy King uh, who went to you, you know, with us yeah you didn't know where the King came from I all these did not ago. know that at all yeah, wow yeah so um, yeah Jimmy and I were college sweethearts and got married and
0: all Michigan is way too big. Did is, not know that at yes, all. Yes,
1: indeed, indeed. And that's so, my man, too, Jimmy. Yeah. yeah, and so we started a solar company together, J. King Solar, and mm-hmm. that's how I got into the green energy space. Okay. Uh, but, you know, after our marriage ended, I still wanted to be in the energy efficiency space. I built a lot of networks and, um, and you know, relationships in that area and just developed a passion for it. And so um, with the energy auditing that we were providing at Dunamis, we then began to kind of vertically integrate into more energy management. And in 2015, uh, I started a company in 2012 and 2015, we did a vertical integration into LED lighting manufacturing. So that's how I got into the product side uh, in addition to the service side. So, uh, and that's a very unique story in itself is how I started uh, a manufacturing company. And so, uh, and, and, and then from there, just continued the vertical integration model and decided in 2018 that uh, I was going to do electric vehicle charging manufacturing. And, and then from there, 2019, you know, uh, got a team together of my engineers and, and program managers and project managers and started engineering and designing sure. it from ground up. Yeah, and that so now we have awesome. a building. We have our assembly plant. We just closed on our assembly plant uh, over on the East Grand Boulevard near the old Packard plant. And, okay. Uh, yeah, we're going into production in first quarter of 2022.
0: Oh, that is really awesome. Yeah, thank so, you. So I'm just curious, uh, some of the, you know, in the research we were looking through, we kept seeing this thing about you were inspired by a nap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, I was inspired by it now. So tell me about that. So um, I'm a
1: very spiritual person, you know, and um, God is um, like a, a center for me in everything that I do in my relationship with him. And so um, I was at church and I, you know when you go to church, you come home and you take a nap. That's a, it's kind of a part of the ritual thing for me. And it's the, the, I always say is the church, after church naps are the best naps, it's good sleep. So um, I'm laying on my couch and I woke up from the nap and there was what I felt to be a very audible voice and was like, you're going to do electric vehicle charging manufacturing next. And I said, okay. I mean, it was so clear to me the, It was, you know, and I was aware, being in the energy industry, I was aware that, you know, this is something that was kind of percolating, uh, you know, with respect to EV, uh, uh, you know, electric vehicles coming on the scene, but it wasn't something that was, you know, where I can say, oh, I just had this brilliant, you know, know, forward-thinking idea. I knew that it was coming, I was aware of it, but the thought of me actually creating a manufacturing plant where I would build it from the ground up that came from a spirit that was within me and that, w- that was it from a nap I so woke up and I said okay that's what you're about to do and it was such a knowing it wasn't even a huh or what are you sure it was like okay that's exactly what we're about to do
0: wow Say so nothing but God yes this is true okay mm-hmm. so what does the world of electric cars look like
1: oh man um, it's coming and it's, it's exciting, and so you have the majority of all of your uh, OE, automotive OEMs that are, if not, the, I won't, I won't even call it a majority. I would say all of the automotive OEMs are committing to um, transferring their fleets to electric vehicles uh, by at least fifty percent. You know, you have General Motors who are who's saying one hundred percent by twenty thirty. Uh, Stellantis is, you know, at least fifty percent. Uh, within the next, you know, coming years, and um, and so you're going to have a landscape where electric vehicles are the primary vehicles that consumers will be driving within the next 10 years. It's coming, and it's exciting. Uh, I have uh, uh, before I got my new car, I got I had a Tesla for three years, uh, almost three years, and then and that I leased and I loved it you know when I initially got it I didn't know what to do with it I didn't we didn't know how to charge it we didn't know where to go to charge it it was like you know you just drive it off the dealership lot and they like bye bye. you know and so we had to we figured it yeah. out um, and it was challenging initially but once we got our level two chargers in and you know, it was it was wonderful you don't have to ever stop at a gas station you don't have to go in the cold or in the, you know, in the rain and pump your car, you know, pump the gas in your car, you just drive it home, go into the garage, plug it in when you get up in the morning, you know, you're ready to go. In addition to the low maintenance, the way that it drives, it's really smooth and it it was pretty cool. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. So, how does what's the process like getting a charger installed? Like for a regular person, like mm-hmm. I, I think I just bought a hybrid mm-hmm. myself, and I'm loving it. Mm-hmm. And all my friends are like crazy because it's like it's so quiet. You know, you people are like you it, can't right? even hear it. Like, oh my God, it. is the car on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten out the car, leaving it running sometimes We're right, so getting this running. But <laughs> right. uh, and I'm getting used to that push button. Mm-hmm. But. Um, how what's the process of you know because people wonder like where am i going to charge it how do i get a charging station at my home now i I have this extra expense i mean Mm -hmm. is it worth it
1: yes it is worth it um so what we did initially um we got an electrician to come in and just install a a 220 volt in our garage the same as you would for your like dryer okay um and uh through that you have a cord that comes with the with the vehicle, your cable that comes with the vehicle and an adapter and you just plug connect it in. And, it in. Okay. and so um, I think that that cost for them to pull the wire and all of that was probably $800. Okay. And um, with an electric vehicle charger, like the level two that I just referred to, which is a 220 or 240, then you're able to, um, you know, install it for about the same amount uh, the chargers run anywhere from uh, $500, you know, for a lower end, to you know, seven to eight hundred dollars for one with kind of bells and whistles and stuff that you can utilize. And by the time you finish paying for that installation um, and the electricity that you utilize from charging your vehicle which quite frankly is pretty nominal. You're not going to see a huge surge in your in your electricity bill. Okay. It's not like um, air conditioning. No, it <laughs> okay. is not like air conditioning at all. <laughs> okay. Um, and you know, it takes, for that, it takes about four to six hours to charge your car up all the way. Six hours total if it's like zero, yeah. you know, charging your battery. Then I would say it's uh, the difference between if you have a, you know a mid-sized car and you're paying Forty to fifty dollars to fill up your tank. Yeah. The the comparison is about eight to ten dollars.
0: Okay. To fill up. So your to tank. pay for itself over time.
1: Exactly. Very quickly.
0: Okay. Yeah. Now something I read though one of the challenges they're trying to figure out for the um, electric car industry is that they're creating batteries that are going to outlive the cars. Mm-hmm. What do we do with all these extra batteries?
1: Well, I'm not a hundred percent sure if the batteries are going to outlive the cars um i think that with respect to um the vehicles themselves i believe that you're going to find that there's such a low maintenance on these vehicles that the life of the vehicles are really going to be extended significantly um so you may have to get new tires you know what okay. i mean you may have to um you know have small things that you, you gotta need do to, that anyway. to re- you got to yeah. do that anyway yeah. to repair but you'll find that the cars have a, a much more extended life um with with e v s than than it would with the you know with traditional combustible engine models okay. uh, you know the rust the you know those are the types of things that you know if you maintain your your car you know you're going to to do well um and so I don't I don't really see it being a problem where the batteries, you know, outlast the car in su- with such significance that you aren't able to um, kind of balance this uh, bulk of batteries. You're gonna be able to recycle and reuse okay. and repurpose those batteries. You
0: don't see us filled with landfills full of batteries and things. I don't I okay. don't see that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So how do you um how do you see being in Detroit as an asset to your future business? Yeah,
1: it's it's it was very very intentional to make sure that we kept the business here you know we had other opportunities um, to bring our electric vehicle charging manufacturing to you know the suburbs or even out-of-state you know moving towards uh, the western states of California where of course um, electric vehicles are much more prevalent and present Uh, it would have been more viable for us to be there but I wanted to keep the business in the city of Detroit because this is the Motown, you know, this is Motor City. And I knew that, particularly for communities of color, um, so many times we don't have access to or knowledge of these types of burgeoning industries. And what you have here is, uh, for the electric vehicle industry, for mobility as a whole, you're going to have a great transfer of wealth from this industry. Uh, You're gonna have trillions of dollars that are invested into this industry. And I did not want to have our community uh, pass by in this. I wanted to play a part, whether it be small or large, I wanted to be able to play a part in utilizing this technology for wealth creation job creation, economic development for black and brown communities, impoverished communities, so that Dunamis being here in the city of Detroit means that we're going to hire from the city of Detroit, means that we're going to focus on job training um, and education for communities so that they can take advantage of this. They can feed their families from it. You know, They can utilize this type of technology within their own families and homes. and. I just don't want us to be left behind, and you know, to kind of get the crumbs as as so many other communities um, are being a, are able to take advantage. Yeah.
0: And you are on the bleeding edge of a new tech, so that's yeah. going to give you an advantage. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, how would you advise other entrepreneurs about breaking into new and different industries?
1: Um, well, first, you got to kind of keep your ear to the ground, you got to know what's going on within your industry or within an industry that you may be focused on getting into um, and learn about it, you know, delve into it, do the research, read every article, you know, um, uh, make phone calls, try to make the connections and the resources and the networking within that industry so that you can become just completely saturated in it. and then the next thing is just to have courage and step out. You know, you have to have courage to step out in a field that you don't really know much about, your, um, and especially when it's new and emerging, because you, you have other obstacles that you have to overcome when it is new and emerging. And so, um, but I would say be courageous, and if you're called to it, then do it. Walk in it, you know, don't, don't the resources will come. You know as mm-hmm. long as you're very intentional about what you want to do and why you're doing it the resources are going to follow you
0: in that. and then the more you study the more encouraged i mean more encouraged you become because yeah. you feel more confident absolutely. in what you're doing absolutely do you have any any specific advice for young women
1: i do and it, it 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 goes to what i just said with respect to the the courage um and the intent and so for in the confidence, you know, for young women, I would say, if I knew now, if I knew then what I know now, um, with, like when I was my daughter's age, and she's a senior in, at U of M right now.
0: Go blue, um, baby. Go
1: blue, amazing <laughs> blue all day. Um, if I had the confidence then, you know, and if I had the understanding of the importance of creating practices, that would feed me, you know, being intentional, saying affirmations, taking care of my body, putting myself first, um, you know, knowing that whatever is in me is, is, is that driving force, not letting outside influences determine what I'm gonna do or who I'm gonna be or whether anybody likes me or whether, you know, um, people perceive me in a certain way. If I knew um, how unimportant those things were, versus me understanding that power that was within me. Oh my God, I would be light years ahead, but I thank God for the lessons learned as I I grew and matured. But I would say tap into that now. Tap into that power that's in you, because it's there, you know, it's for certain there. Tap into it, get to know it now, and put yourself first. And all things will kind of begin to fall in place around you when you're able to do that.
0: Right. Well, that is funny. It's almost like I didn't even share the questions with you, but uh, how, do you take, how do you practice self-care?
1: <laughs> um, oh, I'm still growing in that myself. <laughs> but yoga is one way that I practice self-care. I love yoga. Uh, breathing, uh, breathing techniques uh, is another way that I practice self-care. And uh, so breath work is very important, you know, as your life force. Um, and uh, you know I try to eat well Um, Pilates is another way of self-care that I need to do more of but I love Pilates just you know just kind of the movement of the body and Mm -hmm. the breath work combined and taking time to rest when your body says rest is so important because you know, we're, we live in a culture, it's that get it culture. You know, you got to get it. you got to be on the grind. You, you know, you got to have your hustle going on. You have to, you know, just... The bag is know. for the taking. Exactly. You yeah. know, get your bag. However, um, there are times when you really, really have to slow down. And if your body is tired, and, but, you know, you have this pulling you or that pulling, and a lot of times we create the pull. Even more so than saying, well, this is pulling me and I got to do this. We're creating that for ourselves, those expectations for ourselves uh, versus being intentional about ourselves. And so self-care for me is knowing when to rest and knowing when to say no and knowing when to say, "Mm, I'm not going to take that meeting right now. I need need some new time. That's a
0: hard one for a lot of people to learn, when to say no. Yeah,
1: but but you have to trust and the, when you get to that point, when you can say, no, I'm gonna carve out these next four hours for me. Nobody call me. I'm not taking any meetings. I'm not going anywhere. That's when you trust yourself enough to know, you trust the universe enough to know, it'll be there, you'll be all right. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody's gonna die within the next four hours. Just mm-hmm. take some time. And if they die. Then they were supposed to die. <laughs> <laughs> <That's- laughs> Um, I'm
0: not bringing them back um, so we talked a little about caring for yourself in terms of you seem to do a lot to care for others can you tell me about this backyard barbecue that Uh, you hosted
1: Oh yes we did the backyard barbecue from 2012 to 2017 so six years Um, it was a wonderful event we haven't had it in a few years Um, it just with you know, priorities and, and, and changing things around with respect to our philanthropic focus, we began doing a lot more uh, work over uh, on the continent in Africa, okay. but it is something that we, and when I say we, I mean me and my husband, Is something that we've done together for the last several years. Um, we do plan to bring it back to the city. The Backyard Barbecue for the Homeless was a phenomenal event. We would feed like 5,000 people each year. We have a huge oh, wow. event where we would, um, Roll out the red carpet, and and the homeless individuals within that community, uh, and and just hungry individuals that mm. needed some help uh, would come down. We would roll out the red carpet. We would have pots patsop- of paparazzi, so we have photographers. We have a you know a live band and a live DJ, and we celebrated them. And so it mm. was really like a you know like a, a red carpet affair, you know. And okay. we had uh, chefs and cooks that would come in and um, Forgotten Harvest every year would just bring us tons and tons of food that we would prepare and groceries that we would give away okay. uh, to, uh, to that community. And so we wanted it to be very holistic. So uh, uh, like we said, a part of that self-care, we would make sure that we had uh, community service organizations there that would be providing services that that population would need. So whether it be mental health, transitional housing, counseling services, Uh, um, job placement services, DESC would be there, Um, universities would be there, banks would be there to teach financial literacy. All of, you know, we would just get all of these community partners to come in each year. Um, Phenomenal, phenomenal. Phenomenal. You had General Motors as a sponsor, DTE as a sponsor, all these major corporations would come in. It was just, it was a great, great event. And so we do want to bring that back we do plan to bring that back we yeah. formed a, a nonprofit called doing the work foundation through my company dunamis okay. and so we intend to have that philanthropic arm as like a vehicle for us to really um, push all of the community work that that we intend to do
0: okay. yeah that's awesome yeah you got to yeah. bring that back that sounds like Absolutely. i like the morning. i like the paparazzi concept oh yeah it was pretty yeah.
1: cool you know they would come in we'd be clapping for them and cheering for them it was it was really good.
0: We need more events like that.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. So we're going to switch it up just a little bit now. We're going to move into what we call our lightning round. Mm-hmm. Uh, going to ask you just a few more questions about you and your personal. What are you reading right now? I am
1: not reading anything but articles right now. I'm okay. not reading a book um, at the moment. Uh, I've just been reading a, a ton of articles with respect to the electric vehicle okay. industry. Like I said, you know, Research. getting yourself yep. saturated. Um, but the last book that I I read um, was a book about intentions. the The author is um, uh, Kimberly um, uh, Kimberly Stavell and. Um, She's a phenomenal, phenomenal like counselor and and a healer, and um, it, it's a book that helps you to identify um, when you have an expectation versus an intention. Okay. And um, and I'll have to get the it, I'll have to get the title of this book because it's it's just so profound in how it helps you take away things that you expect to happen because it kind of takes away your power because you're ex- when you have an expectation of something it it depends on something outside of you in order for it to come to fruition when you have an intention you set that yourself and you focus on that to manifest that into your life so yeah she's um she's a phenomenal author and that's the last book that I that I read That's an
0: interesting mm-hmm. concept mm-hmm. expectation versus intention Indeed Yeah cuz one gives you power and mm-hmm. one Takes it away. That's mm-hmm. fascinating. Uh, what are you listening to?
1: Uh, Music-wise.
0: Pods, music, whatever.
1: Uh, um, I am listening to uh, a lot of like jazz music. Music. Okay. Um, I'm listening to um, uh, lots of uh, like Christian podcasts. So I listen to um, TD Jakes. I listen to. Uh, Michael Todd um, and really just you know i 'm more of a relax you know like I gotta kind of make sure that I can uh, deflate all of the stressor stressors and and strains and and so I listen to calming music. I listen a lot um, to meditation music okay. and um you know that's how I go to sleep is you know I'm listening to meditation music or affirmations and things of that nature
0: okay and I ima- I'm just throwing this one in I imagine you don't do a lot of this but what are you watching
1: Uh actually I do binge on a few things okay so the last thing that I just watched was called dope sick
0: okay yeah okay.
1: Dope Sick is crazy, like it's so intense and it's, it's, it's um, a series with Michael Keaton on the opiate addiction okay. and how it really, you know, this company, the Purdue uh,
0: Pharma, Pharma yeah.
1: that really pushed Oxycontin out and, and it's, it's like blowing my mind, yeah, yeah. and I'm about to watch um, Colin Kaepernick's um, Black and white. Yeah, black yeah. and white. I heard okay. that it was really good. Have you seen it? No. Yeah, I heard no. it was really, really good. So that'll be my next to do. But I don't really watch a lot of TV. Yeah,
0: that's why I just <laughs> yeah. threw it in there. When you go out in the city, where do you like to go eat?
1: I go a lot um, in Birmingham. You so, can't, yeah, can't talk about Birmingham. You can't talk about Birmingham. So in the D, where do I go? Ooh, Uh, We we go, like, to Central Kitchen, you know, supporting Denny, Dennis Archer uh, Jr.'s restaurant. We go to Park. We go to um, Joe Muir's, you know, places like
0: that. Places. Okay. When you socialize, where do you socialize in the city?
1: Mm -hmm. I don't socialize (laughs) a lot, unfortunately. (laughs) You know, I don't know. Entrepreneur. big. I don't get it. I don't really socialize a lot. I, I did, yesterday, I did attend a, a wonderful uh, uh, gala for thaw, you know, due okay. a, uh a a table there for thaw, which is the heating and warm fun. And,
0: yeah. But I don't really. No, I, I, get, it. I, I get it. We all it. No, don't really, I you know, we, we're trying to get, you, you know, know some t- patterns. That's not mad time, it really, it really costs <laughs> me. You say 40 is the new 30, but 9 mm, is the new midnight. 9 is the new midnight. <laughs> For someone, if a friend of yours is visiting Detroit from out of town, what is something they have to do when they're here? Uh,
1: I would say the Charles H. Wright Museum is definitely something they have to do. I know you're going to think this is hilarious, but I would tell them to go see you know, Motown Museum, but I've never been <laughs> in my life. I've never been to the Motown Museum. <laughs> uh,
0: uh-huh. Yeah, But yeah, I would I say the
1: Charles H. Wright Museum, and of course, like, you know, the Sin and yeah, yeah campus marshes
0: Mm. Mm -hmm. okay two more questions Uh, second to last where can we find you
1: oh you can find me um, as far as social media is concerned I'm on Instagram Uh, I I believe my handle on Instagram is Natalie King ESQ as it is on Facebook Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn at Natalie King ESQ as well
0: yeah and then last any last comments or thoughts for our audience
1: now, I would just say, Go Blue! I'm, I'm so happy to be here. You know, I don't know if we told the listeners, but Theo and I came into University of Michigan together during the Bridge Program, and um, I'm just so happy and excited to see you here. And you've been, like, bleeding amazing blue since we graduated. <laughs> so, this is phenomenal. I'm very happy that you've had me on the show. I, I appreciate it, And. It's been a wonderful experience.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Well, we really appreciate you again. You're doing wonderful things. And uh, we're looking you know, if you need any help with the barbecue, bringing it back. Absolutely. I love barbecue, so (laughs) I'll be there to help. We're going to have to get you on the grill. And Marlon will love to be paparazzi, so we we, will do that. Yes, But uh, thank you for coming out. We really appreciate your time, and uh, we're really excited about the things you're doing, and we wish you all the best. Thank you. And uh, thank you for listening. Again, you can get us wherever you find your pods. Please subscribe, uh, review, and rate, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the DDP. This is a production of the University of Michigan Detroit Center. You can find us anywhere you get your pods. Please rate, review, and subscribe. This podcast is directed and produced by Marlon Franklin, edited by Mackenzie Hewitt, writing contributions by James Neely and Florence Alexander.